Uh, excellent. Before we go to prayer here tonight, uh, let's turn our Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 10. 2 Samuel chapter 10. A majority of the upcoming election polls for the spring election and, and other things that are uh, coming up in our country uh, are focused on a major thing that's happening right now in our country, and that is the crime rates that have skyrocketed. I don't know if you've noticed any of those polls lately, but many cities are calling for change because their neighborhoods are getting ransacked and... and uh, they're starting uh, to, to just be deemed no longer safe. And so what th those people are doing is the biggest question that's being asked, and I've heard this from uh, multiple news outlets across the country, is they're looking for a safer place. They're asking, where is the safest place in the U.S. that I can go to and I can move my family to? And throughout the last couple chapters that we've looked at in Second Samuel, Second Samuel 8, and 9 and now 10, there's been some mighty victories laid out to us from the life of David, the, 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 kind, the victories that he's had and then the, kind, the deeds of kindness that he's done and, and allowed the Lord to show to the house of Saul and to the, and to the people around him. And chapter 10 is no different. The Lord uses uh, David to show kindness to someone. And this chapter contains one of the greatest battles that happen in David's life uh, that expands David's kingdom, and it contains one of the single greatest life lessons I believe that every, every Christian can learn. And that is that the safest place on earth is in the hands of God. The safest place on earth is the center of God's will for your life. And uh, let's pray together as, uh, right before we read this narrative together. Father, would you work in our hearts tonight, or would you shower us with your love? And Lord, while I don't know the will of, of you for each person here tonight, Lord, I'm thankful that we serve a God that does. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, lead us all tonight. Uh, Lord, work in our hearts uh, through uh, this Old Testament narrative. And Lord, just show us your goodness. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start reading in verse 1 of 2 Samuel 10. It says, And it came to pass after this that the king of the children of Ammon died, and Hanun his son reigned in his stead. Then said David, I will shew kindness unto Hanun the son of Naash, and his father shewed, as his father shewed kindness unto me. And David sent to comfort him by the hand of his servants for his father and David's servants came into the land of the children of Ammon. And the princes of the children of Ammon said unto Hanan their lord, Thinkest thou that David doth honor thy father, that he hath sent, thee, sent comforters unto thee? Hath not David rather sent his servants unto thee to search the city, and to spy it out, and to overthrow it? Wherefore Hanan took David's servants, and shaved off one half of their beards, and cut off their garments in the middle, even to their buttocks, and sent them away. When they told it unto David, he sent to meet them, because the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, Tarry at Jericho until your beards be grown, and then return. And when the children of Ammon saw that they stank before David. Now before I go on there, I love how the Bible will oftentimes 
throw a sentence of humor in the middle of a narrative, a very serious narrative that's happening here. And this is what God, I believe, is, is, is showing us. This is more of a no-duh statement. You just shamed these, these Israelites, and uh, they just now realize that they're going to stink in the eyes of the other king. So, and when the children of Ammon saw that they stank before David, the children of Ammon sent and hired the Syrians of Betharob and the Syrians of Zobah, 20,000 footmen, and the king of Mekah, and, ten, and a thousand men, and of Ishrab, uh, Ishtab, 12,000 men. And when David heard of it, he sent Joab. That's David's nephew, if you remember. Uh, and, and all the host of the mighty men. And the children of Ammon came out and put the battle in array at the entering of the gate. And the Syrians of Zobah and the, of Rehob and Ishtab and Mekah were by themselves in the field. When Joab saw that the front of the battle was against him before and behind, he chose of all the choice men of Israel and put them in array against the Syrians. And the rest of the people he delivered into the hand of Abishai his brother, that he might put them in array against the children of Ammon. And he said, If the Syrians be too strong for me, then thou shalt help me. But if the children of Ammon be too strong for thee, then I will come and help thee. Now I want you to notice the charge that he gives to his brother here. Joab is not necessarily a man of God, but here he gives his brother a charge, and he's going to realize something that is very key, and I believe the pinnacle of this chapter. He says, Be of good courage, and let us play the men for our people, and for the cities of our God, and the Lord do that which seemeth him good. And the one point that I want to get across here tonight that I believe God is getting across in this chapter, that the safest place on earth is in the center of God's will. The safest place on earth to be is in the hands of the Lord. Verse 12 is, I believe, one of the pinnacles of this chapter. While the battle is set in array against Israel, here Joab makes this bold charge to his brother, but ultimately realizes that this is an impossible situation that, that, that they are in. And when our lives and circumstances rest in the hands of God, our feelings will sometimes get in the way and say, and they will sound the alarm and they'll say, things are not sure and steady. Things are shaky right now. And, and, uh, and this thing that's happening cannot go right. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if, if you are in the hands of God, if you are in the center of God's will, it is the safest place. What, what Joab is saying to his brother is, listen, Abishai, I don't know what's going to happen. There's an army on this side and an army on this side. It's all in God's hands now. And that is the best place to be. Over and over again, we find throughout Scripture that the safest place to rest is in the center of God's will. Jesus even taught this to his disciples. If you go with me to John chapter 11, keep your finger here in 2 Samuel, but go to John chapter 11. Jesus had heard that Lazarus was dying, that he was, he was on his deathbed, and yet Jesus chose to wait several more days uh, before leaving to go in uh, to visit his friends. Uh, his friend there, and then Martha and Mary as well. He told his disciples then after the couple days that he waited, 
that they were going back into Judea to see Lazarus. If you're in John 11, look at verse 6 with me. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days, still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? But we just got, we almost got killed the last time we were there. And you want to lead us right back into there? Their one question, in that one question that they ask, they display their fear of being hurt physically. And they communicated to Jesus that they did not feel safe, that this was not a safe place. But Jesus was teaching them by example of telling them, hey, this is where I'm leading us, that the safest place to be is in the hands of the Father and in the center of the Father's business. That is the safest place for us as believers to be. And when we come back now to 2 Samuel chapter 10, the great battle is now underway, and these two sides are closing in on each other. They're closing in on the, on the, on the Israelites in the middle. And as we pick up the narrative in verse 13, we find out the outcome of this battle. And Joab drew nigh, and the people that were with him, unto the battle against the Syrians, and they fled before him. Praise the Lord. And when the children of Ammon saw that the Syrians were fled, then fled they also before Abishai and entered into the city. So Joab returned from the children of Ammon and came to Jerusalem. So the enemy flees. The enemy is gone. God wins the day. God shows himself mighty to Israel once again. But unfortunately, the enemy was not so quick to give up. Verse 15, what happens is they regroup and try to attack again. Verse 15 says, And when the Syrians saw that they were smitten before Israel, they gathered themselves together. And Hadarezer sent and brought out the Syrians that were beyond the river, and came to Helem and Shobach, and the captain of the host of Hadarezer went before them. This one verse, verse 16, is actually one of the battles in the bigger picture given in verse eight, uh, chapter 8. Chapter 8, verse 5 recounts that battle, that specific battle that takes place as one of the greatest victories that, that uh, David was about to win. In this battle, they would regroup and attack him, and he would continue to fight north, and God would give him uh, three separate times victory and, and, and bring him all the way up to the, the river Euphrates. God would expand that kingdom of Saul and give David a much greater kingdom as he promised he would do in the Davidic covenant. God keeps his promises. When we're in the center of God's will, we can always count on God keeping his promises. Verse 17, And when it was told David, he gathered all Israel together and passed over Jordan and came to Helem. And the Syrians set themselves in array against David and fought with him. And the Syrians fled before Israel, and David slew the men of 700 chariots of the Syrians and 40,000 horsemen, and smote Shobach, the captain of their host, who died there. And when all the kings that were servants to Hadarezer saw that they were smitten before Israel, they made peace with Israel and served them. 
So the Syrians feared to help the children of Ammon anymore. Again, a small, uh, just, yeah, we're not helping them anymore. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen again. A little bit of humor at the end. They learned their lesson quite well that we don't fight against the people of God. We are not going to raise up our, our fists and, and join forces with someone against Israel anymore. And the chapter finishes really with a statement about David's victories here, about how God's blessing uh, in that battle, there was a man, especially David there, that learned that blessing comes when we rest things in God's hands. God's hands are, are the safest place to be. This was another great victory for David, but to us as believers, we're not in the middle of a physical battle right now. We're not putting up arms against any, any foes. You know, we're not going up against Bondwell or anything like that. That's not, but we are in a re, very real spiritual battle. And Satan wants to fight. He wants to discourage. He wants to, to, us to be downtrodden. And, and we can be just as victorious as David was here as he followed the Lord. And as those men stood in the midst of the battle, when we learn that the safest place on earth is the center of God's will for us, and we find that, that place as we seek and listen to the Holy Spirit, that is where we need to stay. And as we listen to his voice, it can sometimes be scary. You know, it, the scariest thing on earth to you might be telling someone about Jesus, talking to someone and giving them the gospel. I don't know what that is to you, but God will help us. To be honest, sometimes giving the gospel can be almost as scary as these two armies closing in on Joab and Abishai. It can seem that way in our minds because of the lies that Satan wants to, to feed us. But that's not, that's not God's victorious character at all and that when we get a hold of really who God is and what his character is we realize that we have a victorious God we learn to rest in his hands and trust him no matter what our feelings say we will never be disappointed because we will be in the safest place on earth that is in the hands of our God let's pray here tonight father would you Lord, just give us your wisdom as we go to prayer, uh, to pray what you would have us to pray, and Lord, just to follow your leading. Lord, I, I love, uh, Lord, just this passage of scripture that has just the simple truth of, of letting things rest in your hands, and uh, Lord, there was nothing humanly possible that could have been done there with Joab and Abishai. And, Lord, yet you won the day. You, you uh, made the enemy to flee. And, Lord, uh, we trust you to do that in our lives. We trust you to do that here in Shawano Baptist Church. And, uh, Lord, we are claiming the victory and moving forward in your name. Or would you give us your uh, words and your thoughts here tonight as we go to prayer? Or would you show us who to pray for and how to pray for them? And, uh, Lord, would you uh, just... Uh, direct this time, would this be all about you, Lord, we, we want you to get the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.